Poo-Poo and the Dragons by C.S. Forrester. Chapter 3. Now, Mr. Brown had a rule about Poo-Poo going to the movies. He did not think that Poo-Poo should go there very often, and so the rule was that Poo-Poo could go on the fifth Saturday of every month as long as it fell on a Friday. But today Mr. Brown said that as it had very nearly happened because Friday was only one day back, they could all go to the movies that afternoon. So Poo-Poo and Mr. Brown and Poo-Poo's mother all got into the car and drove down the hill with the dragon going clippity-clop after them, and Poo-Poo looking out of the window and waving to him, and Poo-Poo's father parked the car, and they walked across to the theatre, and Mr. Brown bought three tickets. "'And what about that dragon?' said the lady at the window. Her name was Amelia Montgomery. "'I won't have to pay for him,' said Mr. Brown, "'because he won't be occupying a seat.' "'I don't know about that,' said the lady at the window. "'What was her name?' "'He'll be going inside the theatre, won't he?' "'But you don't charge for dragons,' said Mr. Brown. "'Anyone can see that.' And he pointed to the notice which said, "'Matinee prices.' "'You've got a charge for adults,' said Mr. Brown, "'and you've got a charge for children, "'and because you don't say anything about dragons, "'it's obvious that you don't make any charge for them.' "'I hadn't looked at it that way,' said the lady at the window. "'I expect you have forgotten her name already. "'But that doesn't mean to say that we'd let dragons in.' "'Oh, yes, it does,' said Poo-Poo's father, still pointing at the notice. "'You say, "'The management reserves the right to refuse admission to any person for any reason whatever. "'But a dragon isn't a person, and so you can't refuse him admission, now can you?' By this time there were a lot of people waiting behind Mr. Brown to buy tickets, so Miss Amelia Montgomery said, "'Oh, very well, then,'—just like Poo-Poo's mother sometimes. And they went along into the theatre. Poo-Poo and his father and mother sat down in the seat, and Horatio stretched himself out along the aisle, with his head beside Poo-Poo's knee. And Horatio was very good indeed, and did not mind at all, even when people fell over him in the darkness. Very soon the picture began." <clears throat> Poo-Poo enjoyed the picture very much, and was very excited when the cowboys started riding off after the rustlers, but then some Indians came on the screen, and Poo-Poo's father—you know what his name was by now, but you must never forget that he was a very clever man—sat up and became very nervous. "'There may be trouble,' said Poo-Poo's father. "'Dragons don't like Indians. There's been a feud between them since Columbus discovered America. Horatio, be quiet.' He said it just in time for this once, because Horatio was already sitting up and moving restlessly about in the aisle when Poo-Poo's father spoke to him. He sat down again, but it could not last very long, because very soon the Indians brought out their guns. He got up, and before Poo-Poo's father could stop him again he made one jump and went straight through the screen. "'My golly,' said Poo-Poo's father, "'there's going to be trouble about this.' And the lady beside him, she was called Araminta Wiggins, said very crossly, "'People who bring dragons to the movies ought to keep them under proper control.' So Poo-Poo's father—you have heard that Poo-Poo was very polite, and that was because his father was, as well as being a very clever man—said, "'I'm very sorry, madam.' 
What with Horatio being half through the screen, and his tail waving about outside it, nobody in the theatre could see anything of the picture at all, and there were a great many other complaints, as well as from the ladies sitting beside Mr. Brown. I expect you've forgotten her name already. And Mr. Brown stood up and said, "'It looks to me as if we had better get out of this quick.' So they stood up, with Poo very excited, and Poo said, "'Come along, Horatio!' And they scuttled out of one of the side doors as quick as they could, and ran across the road, and Poo and his father and mother jumped into the car, and Poo father drove like mad up the hill, so fast that Horatio— instead of going clippity-clop behind them, was going clippity-clippity-clop, and sometimes even clippity-clippity-clippity-clop. They got home, and they had hardly put the car into the garage when they heard the police sirens coming up the hill. "'There, you see,' said Poo-Poo's father. "'They're after us already.' "'Will they do anything to Horatio?' asked Poo-Poo. "'They'll want to put him in prison, I expect,' said Mr. Brown, "'and we can't have that, can we?' "'Oh, no, we can't,' said Poo-Poo's mother, and Horatio laid his nose on the ground, and looked very frightened indeed. "'We'll have to hide him,' said Poo-Poo's father. He looked round him and went on, "'But it's not going to be so easy to hide a dragon around here.' Of course, Poo-Poo's father had a good idea. Beside the road outside the garage there was a long drain for carrying off storm water, and Mr. Brown said, "'Here, Horatio, make yourself as small as you can, and crawl up there.' So Horatio made himself as small as he could, and wriggled up the drain, but when he was in it his nose still stuck out at one end, while his tail stuck out at the other. "'Can't you make yourself smaller than that?' said Poo-Poo's father. But when Horatio tried, the drain bulged up in the middle, and Poo-Poo's father had to tell him to stop, while the noise of the siren was getting nearer and nearer. "'Quick!' said Poo-Poo's father to Poo-Poo. "'Sit on Horatio's nose!' "'And you, my dear, please sit on his tail.' So Poo-Poo sat on Horatio's nose, and Mrs. Brown sat on Horatio's tail, just in time as the policeman on his motorcycle came around the corner and stopped. "'I'm looking for a dragon,' said the policeman. His name was Patrick McGillicuddy. "'That's very interesting,' said Poo-Poo's father. "'I want to arrest him,' said the policeman. If you can't remember what his name was, it isn't much use going on with a story. For malicious damage to property. That's more interesting than ever, said Poo-Poo's father, and it's very kind of you to tell us about it, but I don't see why you should. I have information, said Policeman McGillicuddy, that the dragon is domiciled here. Now look, said Poo-Poo's father, can you see any dragons here? And the policeman... I hope you've remembered his name this time, looked round him, and of course there were no dragons in sight at all. "'Perhaps you have been misinformed,' said Poo-Poo's father. "'What a pity that you have come all this way for nothing.' "'I wonder why the lady and the little boy are sitting in the road like that?' asked the policeman. "'I can think of all sorts of possible reasons,' said Poo-Poo's father, who was a very clever man." Perhaps they are sitting there because they think there are chairs there, although there aren't any. Or perhaps their feet hurt them. Or perhaps they're playing at trains. Or perhaps they're waiting for someone to come along. Or perhaps that's where they sit when they're not sitting anywhere else. Or perhaps their legs won't hold them up. Or perhaps it's because they like it. It might be something like that, agreed the policeman, a little bewildered. 
"'It's very nice talking to you like this,' said Poo-Poo's father, "'but I don't think I ought to keep you here "'when you have to go out and hunt for dragons. "'I wouldn't interfere with your doing your duty for anything. "'Good afternoon, officer, and thank you very much "'for our pleasant conversation.' "'Good afternoon,' said the policeman, "'more bewildered than ever.' and he got on his motorcycle and went away. "'Now,' said Poo-Poo's father to Horatio, "'you can come out.' And Horatio wriggled, and he wriggled, and he wriggled, and he couldn't manage to get another inch farther down the pipe. "'Come out backwards, then,' said Poo-Poo, and Horatio wriggled, and wriggled, and wriggled, and he couldn't manage to go backwards up the pipe, either. He was stuck quite tight.' "'My gracious!' said Poo-Poo's mother. "'What are we going to do now? "'Come along, Horatio, try again.' "'And Horatio wriggled, and he wriggled, and he wriggled, "'but he was stuck quite tight. "'This is just terrible,' said Poo-Poo's mother. "'Of course,' said Poo-Poo's father. "'Do you remember anything special about him? "'We don't have to worry very much, "'because Horatio has only got to stay there "'with nothing to eat for a few days, "'and then he'll be thin enough to come out again.' "'But we don't want to do that,' said Poo-Poo's mother. "'No, we don't want to do that at all,' said Poo-Poo, "'and the dragon shook his head very mournfully "'and looked as if he were just going to cry. "'Can't you think of anything else?' asked Poo-Poo's mother, "'because she knew that Poo-Poo's father was a very clever man. "'Well, yes,' said Poo-Poo's father. "'Some people would use dynamite, "'and some people would use pneumatic drills, "'and some people would get a lot of men with spades to dig him out, "'and some people would dig a tunnel underneath. "'But all I want is just a feather. "'Poo-Poo, find me a feather.' "'So Poo-Poo found a feather, "'and his father stooped down "'where the tip of Horatio's tail was sticking out of the pipe. "'It's a good thing,' said Poo-Poo's father, "'that dragons are very ticklish.' He took hold of the spiky part shaped like an arrowhead at the end of Horatio's tail, and began to tickle Horatio on the joint just above it. And as he tickled Horatio—whoops! And as he tickled, Horatio began to squirm, and he squirmed, and he wriggled more and more frantically, and more and more frantically, until at last there was a tremendous crash, and the drain pipe split all the way along its length, and Horatio came out through the top, very pleased with himself. "'That isn't quite what I intended,' said Poo-Poo's father, rather disappointed because the noise had been very loud indeed, and now there was this great big long hole right across the road from one side to the other. "'It will take a very clever man to explain what has happened here,' said Poo-Poo's father. "'So you see that it was just as well that Poo-Poo's father was a very clever man.' And he had no sooner said this than they heard the policeman's siren going again. "'Quick!' said Poo-Poo's father to Poo-Poo's mother. "'Take this dragon away. Take him away. I don't mind where you take him, as long as he's out of sight quicker than lightning.' So Poo-Poo's mother ran up the garden with Horatio scuttling along behind her, and they had just got round the side of the house when up came the policeman, whose name, of course, you remember.' "'My goodness gracious me!' said the policeman, getting off his motorcycle. "'Whatever has happened here?' "'Well,' said Poo-Poo's father, "'of course it might have been an earthquake, "'or, on the other hand, it might just be a landslide. "'And then again some heavy truck might have come along the road and squashed it in. "'And there is always the possibility that it was rats. 
or maybe some little boy was flying a kite in the next block, and that made the pipe fall in. "'That doesn't sound very likely to me,' said Policeman McGillicuddy. "'It doesn't sound very likely to me either,' said Poopoo's father, "'but I was only trying to make a helpful suggestion.' "'I think we'd better call it an earthquake,' said the policeman, "'taking out his notebook and licking his pencil "'the way his mother always told him not to. "'And so now you know the true history of the earthquake at Poopoo's house. "'All the newspaper reporters for a hundred miles round came to see that hole, "'and they asked Poopoo's father all sorts of questions, "'and the newsreel people brought their cameras and took a lot of photographs,' and geologists came from all the universities and measured the hole with long tapes. And then in the end the city workmen came and made a new storm drain, and eventually the whole affair was forgotten. End of chapter 3 Read by Kara Schallenberg www.kray.org On Tuesday, July 9, 2013 In San Diego, California